Welcome to a new episode of Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. I'm Kimberly in Canada. And I'm Reina in Germany. Being friends halfway across the world isn't stopping us from talking about our careers, Asian identities, and life in general. We're basically each other's hype woman, and we want to be yours as well. Welcome to Obsessed with ABGs. Welcome to another episode of Obsessed with ABGs. Um, should we do a little update for everyone? Just like we've been a little MIA. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. I know my sister yesterday, she was like, I thought you guys were a once a week podcast. Oh, I feel so attacked. Like, sorry. <laughs> Oops. We, 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 the intention was yes. And then uh, we forgot that like we work full time jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we forgot yeah like we we it just so you know like i'm perfectly comfortable sharing this that's fine on my end i have been going through a career revamp and got a new job opportunity and so that has taken up a lot of my time still in podcasts and still in like production uh but it's kind of hard to edit shows when you're also editing show <laughs> that makes sense to anyone uh but yeah thank you so much for your patience everyone just to give you a little update on on our lives things are good i guess i started a new role on on june 1st and by the time this comes out i don't know when but uh hey <laughs> it'll be like all october i know it's gonna be october 2022 <laughs> and how are you yeah so i also have gone through a career um transformation i don't know what the word is a career change i guess so still with the same employer um still on the same team but i got promoted to become the director of our um team or our career center so that has been quite busy also because um yeah it's just like you know um first time leadership position there's just a lot to learn not just in terms of the job but also to you know, be in a leadership position. Hey, so uh, anyway, get your money. I love how the show <laughs> is about uh, um, obsessed with aspirations, boardrooms and goals. And look at Raina being the ultimate case study right now, everyone. Right? Like, oh, thank you, you know what? Like, if everyone's just like, oh, show listens to this podcast, it's working for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We've like manifested all our aspirations. We, we, and um, so funny story, I'm going to share this with everyone. And, and this is a shout out to my good friend, Marina, she has gone to bullet journaling. She's been listening to our show. And maybe this is like us tooting my own horn. I don't really care. We are talking about manifesting and bullet journaling. And she has been writing out like, you know, by this, by April of 2021, I'm going to get a new job by May of this time. And she's just been throwing it out there. Uh, she's been looking for new work. And she, in April 2021, got a new job. She got a <gasps> call and then she landed it in May. And she's like, I put it out there. And it was so odd. She's like, the moment I started doing these things, like, it just happened. And wow. it's amazing. Like, I was so blown away at how when you start just writing what you want out, your brain changes. Like, it just yeah. it changes your mindset. It changes how you yeah. perceive things. It changes your, your mood. And I don't want to say it's like the universe or whatever. I don't know what it is. I'm not that person. But, I mean, putting it out there doesn't hurt. Yeah. 100% agree. I think um 
and, and I'm glad you brought up that thing because I'm also not really like the type to believe in like the universe um, and like the energy shift. I know there are a lot of people who do things like this and like, you know, respect to them. Uh, that's just not really me. But I think there is something to be said about when you put it out there, when you write it out, you like you said, like your mindset changes, your attitude changes, your perspective changes. And like some things just like start to align and that you, I think, start to see things that maybe it was already there, but you just never saw. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, congrats, Marina. That's awesome. Congrats. A shout out to you. And so for anyone yeah. who's looking to for transformative change, um, I don't say you don't have to listen to our podcast, but definitely like be the change that you want to see. Put it out there. It doesn't hurt. Talk well, to no, people. No, listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, so there is a point to this. We are going to talk about, we're going to revisit a concept that we talked about in season one. And this was something Raina had brought forth to me last year called the boardroom of allies. Um, and I encourage everyone to listen to past episodes. We'll link it in the in the episode notes. But I thought it would be so fun to revisit this in a brand new perspective because, you know, we're talking about being the change that you want to see and being and, and putting it out in the world. Sometimes you just need a, a group of people to be that change and to help you and to champion you. And it was just felt good to hear from my friend seeing how some of these practices were working for her. That's such a good point. And yeah, I mean, people in your boardroom or people who are like your allies within you, they can be different versions of yourself. They can be real people in your life. They can be people who you like met once on an airplane and you were just like so inspired by everything that they said that you're always kind of like, oh, I wonder what she would have done in this situation. It can be like that, too. You you have moments where you're like, oh, I have moments with you. I'm like, what would Raina do? I often do that. I often do that with like, what would Kim say? Kim would tell me to just like F it and just like <laughs> go do it. <laughs> yeah. For for me, it's 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 um you tell me to either go to sleep, which you actually do sometimes. It's go to mm-hmm. sleep or I need to get something done because Raina, like I don't feel like you're a procrastinator. It's like I don't think that's your fundamental setting. Whereas I think that's to me a default setting. <laughs> it's like let's be real. And when I channel and you know, to everyone, Raina is one of my boardroom of allies. When I am not doing something that I should be doing, I will often be like, Raina is going to tell me to just like also just do it. Like, but not to like to stop putting it off, stop dicking around and just stop watching more BTS videos <laughs> um, and like go do what you need to get done so you can have more time for BTS. I probably would say that. I think you have. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deny that I'm not a procrastinator. I do love to procrastinate, but I hate feeling panicky more. So in order to not panic, I would rather not procrastinate. And things that I do procrastinate, I think it's because in the back of my mind, I know that I'm going to be able to get it done before the time and I'm not going to panic about it. So then I will procrastinate. So maybe it's not procrastination then. Because you know you'll get it done. And I think like one of the things was I had um, or one of my best friends, still my best friend, um, Christine, she was uh, one of my best friends also in high school. And she was the one who always said that she would go home on a Friday from school, finish all of her homework Friday night so that she would have Saturday and Sunday free. To hear that at the age of 16 from like, a fellow 16-year-old, or maybe she was 17 at that time, my mind was blown. <laughs> I, I, I was like... I'm 33 and my mind's blown. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, 
And she was in a, the International Baccalaureate Program, oh which my. is, I know, which is like notorious for having like this ridiculous amount of work to do. But she was so focused. She would be like, I can't hang out on a Friday night because I finish everything then. And I was like, you are just amazing. Wait, so she would she would finish by Friday. Like, yeah, done. Like, yeah, like all of the homework that she needed to get done by Monday or Tuesday or I don't know when. But whatever she needed to get done that weekend, she will do it all Friday night so that she can just have Saturday and Sunday free. And what would she do on the weekends? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it one of those like work hard, play hard? What did we do? I mean, like, I don't know. We just did like teenagery things. We went like shopping. We went to the movies. We like hung out. But all these fun, fun things. And like while we were doing all those things, she was like free as a bird because she knew that she didn't have any homework to get home to. But I'm just like, oh, I need to go home in three hours and like write my paper and do this and that and that. And I'd be like, man, had I only been like Christine, I wouldn't be like this like panicky right now. Uh, so uh, there's a great TED talk and I'll link it in the description, but I totally forgot who said it. I think it was t- oh Tim Urban. Oh, yeah. And he wrote, uh, he's a blogger and he has this very popular TED Talk where he talks about in being inside the mind of a procrastinator. And he says mm. that every procrastinator has uh, something called the panic monster. And that's that's the only time they can get work done is when they're hitting the they're close to that deadline and the panic monster comes over them and is like, let's do this. Right. Yeah. And every procrastinator has this thing called like the fun monkey or whatever. And that monkey is the one that's all about instant gratification. And when oh. I watch that TED talk, I'm like, the monkey is the one that steers the ship for me. They're like the instant gratification monkey is like, yes, ice cream at like 12 o'clock. Let's do this. <laughs> and by 12 o'clock yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And and then and the only thing the monkey responds to is the panic monster. And if I don't have that panic monster, I don't care. Oh, yeah, you're like slowly blowing my mind right now. I totally need to watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll share. I'll, I'll share it in the show notes for everyone. Yeah, if you're a procrastinator. Um, so let's let's get to it. Let's get to the episode because yeah, I as a procrastinator need the boredom of allies to really put into perspective what I should be doing and to model <sighs> best practice and best behaviors after. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that you said that. So let's do a quick recap. Okay. So allies or inner allies or boardroom of allies, your boardroom, there's so many ways to say this, but basically they are people who are holding you at your best, who will encourage you, who will motivate you, who will be there for you without judgment, hopefully. Um, people who you can turn to when you are in a crisis mode or where you want to like figure something out. So I don't know if you as the listener would remember this, but in middle school or high school, there was this like really popular, what would Jesus do rubber like bracelet bands that we got? And I was not religious, but this like, what would Jesus do? Always kind of like stuck with me. WWJD. So, yeah, WWJD. So it's kind of like that where like, for example, Kim is one of my allies. So in a moment of like panic or whatever situation I'm in, I would think, okay, what would Kim do at this moment? So it's kind of like, you know, replacing Kim with Jesus for me. And that's kind of like how I think about allies. So I always also have like, you know, my husband Joe in this. And if I'm in a situation, I'd go, okay, well, what would Joe say in this moment? Or like, if I said, if I asked him about this, what would his response be? And then, yeah, I've got a whole other, you know, group of people in there. But that's kind of how you think about it. 
And and in this particular instance, this episode is a special episode because we are not pulling friends or people we work with or people we know. This is the special pop culture edition. By the way, this is a forced episode. What do you mean it's a forced episode? You made me think about pop culture icons and things like I don't I had to like really rack my brain on this because um, probably for the listeners, you already can guess like Kim is like like a pop culture Uh, guru. She's so well versed in celebrities and pop culture and movies and TV shows and all of this. And half the time when she talks to me, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Who? What? (laughs) So I really had to rack my brain for this one. Okay. But thanks for the challenge. But the reason why we want to do a pop culture episode was because sometimes people have a hard time finding a boardroom of allies, right? Totally. And totally. And as a coach, Raina, sometimes you will you will maybe talk to people and they're just like, I can't pick five people. And sometimes you don't need five. And sometimes they don't need to be people. I don't know if it's your cat, uh, you know, who gives you positive vibes and they're in your boardroom. So we want to expand what the definition of boardroom of allies are for those who don't who can't have our time finding an immediate circle. Yeah, great point. And also in my coaching, we talk about your inner leader and boardroom of allies quite simultaneously. And the inner leader concept is also quite hard for people. But I always say like, you know, some people have like an inner Beyonce and then it clicks for them. They're like, yeah, I totally do have an inner Beyonce. Or some people, with some people I would say like an inner Oprah. They'd be like, yeah, I do have an inner Oprah. So kind of like that. Oh my God, you just like that. That's exactly how you explained it to me. Uh, yeah. When you explain to that concept, I'm like, I don't quite get it. They're like, yeah, yeah Beyonce, right? Um, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I totally look up to her. And yes, I model my entire life after her. Oh, my God. <laughs> that makes sense now. Done. So in our past episode, I had said, you know, um, my husband was in it. You were in it. Um, but I also alluded to BTS being in my board of allies, Beyonce being in my boardroom, Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games. And I realized I could keep going and my Sailor Moon. Mm. Uh, And I'm not going to bring that up because, again, you can find that all in the old episode. But I have a new list that I'm super excited to share. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited to hear. Okay. How should we do this? All right. So um, I'm only going to do three for the sake of everyone's time. And we already talked everyone's ear off. And like everyone should go turn off this podcast after we're done and go find your own. Right? Like, do, why? Why listen to me? Go find your own boredom of allies. But number one on this list right now, I had finished uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama uh, a few months ago. And I was like, damn. Every time I read this, I was like, damn, damn. And then I realized Obama would not be who he is. I'm going to say it, full period. He would not be who he is without Michelle Obama. There. Mic drop. I said it. I also agree. So okay, good. Okay, great. That's this is probably going to trigger some people. <laughs> Hot take, but after if you read her book and I listened to her audiobook, so she spoke me to me. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But like, she, when you listen to what she has done in her own life, as in her own career, and how supportive she was as a wife, but also found her own voice within the White House, within politics, within her career within herself, um, within being a mom, you're like, oh, wow. Like she she gave so much her of herself to public policy, to her family, but still like retained a lot of her goals, her values. And it sometimes 
as women who are in careers, we sometimes face this question, can we have it all? And Michelle Obama doesn't shy away from that. She point blank kind of says, it is hard. She's like, I needed a lot of help. But she never lost direction of what was important to her. And that's something I took away from the entire book. And if you just even read 15 minutes of her book, you know, the first couple chapters, you can already see why she would be an amazing addition to your boredom of allies. Now that you've mentioned her name, I think she's also in my boardroom of allies. Oh yeah. I, it didn't really it didn't really come to me because when I was thinking about these like pop culture names, Michelle Obama wasn't like a pop culture name for me. Ah, uh, okay. She was more like a I don't know actually. I don't know what list she would be in. But I don't really consider her like a pop culture icon. I'm sure you don't either, but Oh, I do. I consider oh, her a pop culture. They have a spot they have a Spotify deal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They do. Barack Obama has a podcast with Bruce Springsteen. He does. He does. Okay, so now I guess they could be pop culture icons. But, you know, when she was writing the book or when I was picturing her as the first lady, I didn't think of her as a pop culture person. I would consider like Oprah as a pop culture person, but... And like Beyonce as a pop culture, but not necessarily Michelle Obama. And this is a great example that shows like you can open up your idea of what, of who's going to be in that boardroom, right? Yeah. And I think she's in my boardroom because Michelle Obama was so unapologetically herself Mm -hmm. throughout Mr. Obama's presidency, after his presidency, all of the work that she did before he, she became um, his wife. And I think, you know, she never put her career on hold, but it definitely sounded like like she really needed to support him to go and get this presidential role, right? And I think that's not because she was a woman and a wife, but what but because her partner was going for the presidential role. And but even throughout this whole time, raising her two girls, being a partner, doing what she did, which was, you know, as a lawyer, I just thought she was just so unapologetically herself and that was just so inspiring and empowering to read about or hear about. Also, it's so funny how she went to an Ivy League, both her undergraduate and graduate, you know, like she was well ahead of her career without him. She had her own life before him. I was like, girl, you went to two Ivy League schools? You went and became a lawyer? Shit, I ate Cheetos today. (laughs) I did not do that. But U of T is considered an Ivy League in Canada. I didn't didn't go be a lawyer. I didn't. Like, she did. She did a lot. Even in her, like, in terms of public policy, she was so active before. Like, she just, she, like, so accomplished. And for you know, a black woman Yeah, during that time. Her brother also went to Ivy League and plays, uh, played um, uh, Ivy League basketball. basketball. And I'm like, this yeah. family, Jesus Christ, forget my boredom of allies for myself. I need a boredom of allies of this whole family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Okay. Who's next on your list? Okay. So now that you mentioned it, Oprah. Oprah's on my list. Oh. That, that may be too cliche. I don't know. But like, hey, it's your boardroom. It's fine. Well, well, when we are always talking about building an empire or whatever, we always yes. joke like the new Oprah empire, da 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 da. But that 
just if you guys read about Oprah's life, we're not this is not a biopic. Like we're not here to explain her life. But you just have to know Oprah. She has her own network. She has mm-hmm. her own freaking network. She could put out an endorsement about a book and it would sell out. The fact that she came from nothing, nothing mm-hmm. became a news anchor that no one wanted to hire back in the day to then having her own show you know, during a very prime, a coveted spot for a black woman to do that at that time is just remarkable. Like, I could not imagine being in that position and being able to cultivate a life like that. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I genuinely don't know. It's, it's really impressive. All of the things that she's done. I mean, I don't know Oprah as well as you do. Um but yeah, from what I know and have seen all of these years, what she has done is remarkable. Well, there's like she was talking about, um, you know, she had multiple rejections of being an anchor mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, her being a black woman, I'm sure contributed to holding her back early in her mm-hmm. career, uh, especially like in the 80s and 70s. And when you just watch the pivotal points in her careers like, for example, when she went from news to having her own network TV show. And if you there's a podcast that talks about be- the making of Oprah, there was a whole discussion on the people who were on her team um, at a point where she's like, I'm going to now listen to myself now. I'm now going to listen to my inner leader because I know what I'm doing. I know what my brain's about and I'm going to steer the ship. So there is a point in the 90s where she went opposite of like, we're going to follow these like kind of superficial stories. And she went into like wellness and spirituality because she's like, that's where my trajectory is. And and going back to what we said about Michelle Obama being unapologetic, I also feel the same about Oprah. She's like, mm-hmm. I know my worth. I know what mm-hmm. I put out there is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm a good interviewer. I'm a great journalist. So I the, the level of content, confidence, I was like, yes, I'm fucking Oprah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I cha- like when she does, yes. she channels it. I'm like I'm fucking Oprah. What are you exactly? What am I? Nothing. <laughs> Oprah. Well, no, don't don't get self deprecating here. You also have done amazing things, and don't go. So another thing is that you can't compare yourself to your allies. Your allies are there for you to be supporters of you. When I aspire to that, I'm just like I am nothing. So I'm gonna follow you, Oprah. <laughs> that's a little too cult like. <laughs> But she has such a, an amazing following, and there's a reason for that, right? Like, mm. there's a clear reason why people b- follow her blindly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and to have that influence, not to say I want to be a cult leader, but <laughs> 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 I mean, to have that influence is quite amazing. And also, just to throw out there, when did you see the whole Meghan Markle? Um, I've only seen clips of it, but I think it's now on Apple Terry interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did another, okay, there's another new special uh, with Prince Harry, you know, putting the royal family on blast. This has turned into a TMZ episode. I'm so sorry, everyone. (laughs) But they went back to the Oprah. Like, Oprah has the exclusive on the story. And, like, can you imagine being at such a coveted role where people, like, if I want to make a splashy story... And I want Oprah to cover it. That alone, like that alone is a new echelon of influence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And around that time, um, I was also reading an article about how Oprah's interview skills are just really up there. That it's a style that journalism schools have also studied. The way that she asks questions, the way that she offers so much empathy 
through her presence. All of these things are, you know, just are like unmatched. It, it It's true. Because when she's listening, you really feel like you, when I watch her in her interviews, she's so engaged. She's mm-hmm. so plugged in. She, I don't feel like it's scripted. I feel like it's a dialogue. I don't feel mm-hmm. like she has a list of 20 questions ready to go. I think she's ready to pivot at any time. And if you are a producer like myself, that is that is what I would – that's the ideal podcast right there. That's the ideal mm-hmm. – so in terms of career, I also do look up to her because, mm-hmm. you know, I know how hard it is to to be in this industry. You know, not not to that level, but I understand as a producer that it's it is difficult. So to see how her skills are and to see the response from the industry, it is something I can't help but look up to. And I can't mm-hmm. help but put in my boardroom of allies just because mm-hmm. just just like reading up on her. You're like, yes, like that. That is a pop culture icon in which just thinking about her makes me feel so empowered. Mm-hmm. OK, number three. OK, so we were we were talking about Free Britney before we hit. <laughs> Before we, we hit record. And I don't know if you guys have have followed this, this like free Britney um, podcast and all these, this movement. Um, and if you don't know what's going on with Britney Spears, the princess of pop, you know, she has undergone a lot of, of a lot of things in the past through like mental health and people who've just kind of used her. And right now she's under, I, I don't know what the words are, but it's her, her father has a lot of like, it's like the equivalent of a power attorney, has a lot of say over her career and her decisions. And she may have went through a series of hardships in her life that Mm. offered a lot of power to her family to run and dictate how Mm -hmm. her life should operate. And Mm -hmm. there was a movement that was all about, you know, freeing Britney, freeing her away from this toxic family or this toxic environment. And it's been something I was thinking about a lot of how resilience can often be a great like people who have been sh- who are shown resilience people who are undergoing a lot makes for a great lord of allies we often think about strong independent women or strong people and we often don't exemplify people who are going through it right now mm-hmm. right they have to come out through it at the end and sometimes going through it right now I feel like that that needs to be shown. Like people who are going mm-hmm. through hardships right now, like and are are going through it, they're doing the work. They're putting mm-hmm. in the work. And I feel I feel like that is something that um if I was looking for a border of ally, it's easy to just find people who have come out on top. And not to say Britney mm-hmm. has like not come out on top because it's fucking Britney Spears, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, you could still be popular and have all this money and still go through a public publicly through these hardships. Um, and still trying to find your way through it, I think to me is like, uh, yeah, it shows that I could have that in my boardroom of allies to show that I could still yeah. navigate these waters and it's okay. Does that make nice. sense to anyone? Yes, yes, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. And it's really interesting that um, you've also removed the singing career aspect of Britney Spears and you're talking about how she is today being so resilient even after all of these years. Oh, yeah. Right. And like, and you know what I love? She's still an icon. No one could take that yeah. away from her. If you put on toxic, uh, that little, that little violin, that little like, yep. exactly. Everyone. I don't care if you're Gen Z. <laughs> like, that is iconic. 
and her dancing and what she did for pop music. That alone, like, I think if this was like the 2000s, like I say 2010s, you know, she, she was a free game to like mock on. People would mm-hmm. take pictures of her. She, she had a mental breakdown in front of paparazzis and we all made fun of her oh my god that it's so sad but i remember her being on the what's it called the mtv music video awards and mm-hmm. i remember like her nails weren't done her hair was like <sighs> it was a hard look and we all made fun of her and now in hindsight that was clearly we needed to help that poor girl but even through all that you can't take that away from britney she's still a yeah. living legend yeah so touche yeah britney spears um is up there surprised me the other day actually when i was thinking about my mm. list because now when i think of britney i'm like damn girl damn so that's that's my third and i have one more that i i want to throw out there yes absolutely okay tell me your thoughts i don't know if i get tmz moment do you remember the big benifer ride that was 2002 2003 2004 no no okay so context Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, the J-Lo, were uh, were engaged. And three days before the wedding, he broke up with her. <laughs> he called oh. it up. Oh. Yeah. It was. And Benifer, for those who also don't know, they were the couple that amalgamated names. They were like the first it couple to have the two names combined together. Benifer was the OG. Okay. Ben, Jennifer, fucking Benifer. When they broke up, my life was over. Like they had this movie called Geely. That's how they met. And like, but they were, they were the couple that everyone mocked. And because they were just so public facing, they, she had her Jenny from the Block video and he was in it. Uh, And when they broke up, it was like news. So, you know, 17, 18 years later, after she's gone out of uh, an engagement with A-Rod, he's now single. They have reconnected. And my little heart has grown very fond. And you're probably thinking, like, what does this have to do with Border of Allies? Yes, that's exactly my thought Okay, right now. I'm getting there, everyone. Hold on to your seats. Jennifer Lopez has been married several times, has been mocked for that movie, Geely. People have said awful things about her. She just, like, goes through men or whatever. And maybe she'll have, a, a, like, a, an embarrass- like, embarrassing movie or, or whatnot. And she comes out, again, back to resilience, on top. Oh, the glow yeah. up the glow up for someone who is 51 and looks like that she comes out she's like i don't care yeah i left a rod what like yeah unbothered the unbothered queen if anything her career is so it's like here now it's like at the top and you wonder you're like none of this stuck to her not these you know not a failed marriage not sorry, I say failed marriage in quotes, but like, you know, we don't know what's in their lives. But like, she's this unbothered queen. She and she just bounces back to like another relationship. Like, I don't care what you think about me. There are some awful things written right now. Like, isn't this too quick? Didn't she just get out of this relationship? And she's like, so. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm yeah. gonna drive around in my Escalade with the windows down to like give you a glimpse of my life to show how unbothered I am. And just thinking about her career and how. She's just kind of done her own thing and people have made fun of her and she just doesn't care. I think is amazing. I'm like, I sometimes what holds us back is like, oh, this might be embarrassing. This might be taking a hit. I yeah, mean, like your saboteurs, they would be it, talking like so loudly in your head. What are J-Lo saboteurs? Ooh, 
I'm so curious. None. That's I also what... <laughs> think that all of these celebrities have really great therapists. I do think that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, yes, she definitely seems unbothered, definitely on camera and when she's out and stuff. But of course, before going to bed, her head is probably spinning with like, oh, what should I do? You know, is this really the right thing and blah, blah, blah. And like, I bet you she's got a great therapist. That's fair. When I think about like what she's gone through, right? Like when you think about being married, you know, she'd been married to Mark Anthony. She was married to a backup dancer. She was with the P. Diddy for quite a bit she was engaged twice you know you think after a while you'd just be like okay like people would just like cool it down maybe you just need to be single mm-hmm. for a bench like no nah. bounce back yeah. like my yeah. abs like a coin off my abs yes. j-lo <laughs> she does look really great for her age i can't i can't i can't with her she's just yeah. like her glow up in the last 17 20 years his unparalleled and not just from a look yeah. standpoint but just her career is still thriving she could throw out a song and i'd still bop to it uh she's still filming movies right like mm. she's filming movies right now and she got out of this relationship that everyone kind of was like what's going on you know her and a-rod like is she gonna cry in a corner and she's like there is no crying in a corner I think that's what I Nobody love. Nobody puts J-Lo in the corner. I think, okay, so, like, my point is, everyone who's going through, like, a breakup or relationship or, like, you know, maybe a failed marriage or a divorce or whatever, fucking channel J-Lo. Unbothered queen. Yeah, it's a shitty relationship, and I left. That I think that's my point. Board of Alice doesn't have to be a career. It could be someone you're, like, someone who, who looks at love and is like, I still want love. I still want to find that, and I could be broken from this, and I'm not. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you, J-Lo. If I ever get divorced, I'm going to bounce back like you. Yes. You're going to have abs like J-Lo's. You're going to put out some hit songs and be in movies. <laughs> I, I think that's what everyone should aspire to. Don't yeah. let breakups get you down. Get a fucking movie, record some songs, launch it on YouTube, like live your best life. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, my. She is a good embodiment for that. You're right. Are you surprised with my list? No. <laughs> I am so unfazed. I'm also so unfazed that this has become like a bit of a, a TMZ update episode because Hey, let's face it, like, this is your jam. You're good at this. I I love celebrity gossip. I know that's, like, probably not the most healthiest thing. But I do draw a lot of my boredom of allies from these moments. Not going to lie. Yeah. I was talking to, um, oh, she's she was, we were on WhatsApp, and my friend uh, was telling me about a colleague who's in, like, a very toxic relationship. And I sent her a J-Lo gif. I was like, that's <sighs> it. I don't there that's that's all i need to say i'm sending my ally (laughs) but i was like send send this to her and if she doesn't get it i will send more (laughs) (laughs) Um, my friend sophie knows this too and reina actually i don't think i go through a day without sending gifs like i talk through gifs and yeah i do too yes and if there's a particular celebrity that i just like that's it this is what we're channeling today there's a lot of Mm. Nicki minaj in there sometimes and a lot of beyonce Mm. um i do send that because i feel like i'm not gonna say anything my board of allies are gonna speak for me (laughs) i love that i love that you are also using your allies to send out positive messages for other people they're not just for you you're sharing your allies oh my god i never thought about that 
Mm. Right? Like, who would have thought Jif culture <laughs> would facilitate amazing change? It's true, actually. Gifts say so many more things than I could in words or emojis. See? See, like, it's just, it speaks to you on a different level. So, yes. Yeah, so it does. That's, that is my celebrity, um, my pop culture. I know this is long. I'm sorry, everyone. Sorry, not sorry. Michelle Obama, Oprah, Britney Spears, and J-Lo. Get it, girls. That is my, that is my circle <laughs> of allies in which there are days where you're like, what would Britney do? <laughs> How is Britney getting through this? So, Raina, I'm so sorry. I, I like, talked your ear off, but I need to know, did, did you do your homework? I did do my homework. And I noticed an interesting difference between my list and your list. Because my pop culture allies are all fictional. Yes! I, I had Sailor Moon and Katniss Everdeen in my last list. Okay, yeah, true. True. Okay, so then I'm not going to feel bad about Don't. it. So, Michelle Obama is in this list only because now I can sort of see that she could be a pop culture icon and I've already talked about her. So leave, we'll leave that. At the top of my allies list, I would say Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So I think I need to explain a little bit here. So Friday Night Lights is a TV show, an American TV show that aired, I don't even know, Ooh, like, like early 2000s look this up yeah we're gonna look this up i'm listening and it's set in a city called dillon texas and it's basically a teen show or you would think that it's a teen show about a football team um but it's actually so much more than that it's got so much good like human drama Family, relationships, addiction, divorce, abortion, careers, um, coaching, resilience. God, just so many good elements to the show. So if you ever have the opportunity to watch Friday Night Lights, please do. And don't think that it's just about call, uh, high school football because it really isn't. It's just human drama that just happens to be centered around high school drama or sorry high school football well there is a lot of high school drama <laughs> but it's not like gossip girl or the oc or one tree hill i would say it's so much more than that and obviously i am very much dating myself by bringing up those examples yeah we're millennials those are our, our I, yes. like that's our that's our teen yeah our teenhood yeah. right there yeah yeah and I bring up Tammy Taylor because her career in this whole show is that she's a high school counselor. And she advises and she counsels all of these teens going through so many things in their lives. And she's also a very good wife to the protagonist of the show, which is Coach Taylor. He's a football coach. And together, they're both working sometimes at the same school, sometimes not. But she herself is a college counselor and... This is not a spoiler alert. I mean, this is not a spoiler because it's the show has been out there for such a long time. But in the end of the show, she actually becomes a dean um, for a college. And for me, it's just like, you know, I'm not a counselor, but I've always been in this like student advising, you know, student coaching role. And one day I would also love to be a dean somewhere of some college or some university or school or whatever. And the things that she says, the the learnings, the 
quotes from Tammy Taylor, the way that she approaches issues in schools and with students and her husband and all of that. It just was so inspiring for me to watch the whole time. I do want to pull up one quote that I love that she says. She says to a student, it's part of my job to make sure you don't grow up stupid. It's bad for the world. And I love that boldness of this statement because granted, and to be fair, like I don't work with kids this young. I work with adults sometimes or most of the time they're even older than me. So by no means am I saying that like, you know, I'm not trying to make sure that they don't grow up stupid. But I have also coached, you know, younger generations, younger people, university students. And I did feel like I had some sort of responsibility to communicate you know, positive things and make sure that like they are making the right decisions so that they don't grow up stupid. I think it's fair to say that for even those who are older. I think yeah. learning is always an ongoing, an ongoing journey, no matter how young yeah. or old. And I think, yeah, if you anyone has responsibility, I think that's great. I think that's like, you have a responsibility to make sure people don't leave their lives completely ignorant lives. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, just a fun Tammy fact. Taylor. Um, yeah. Friday Night Lights was from October 3rd, 2006 to February 9th, 2011. And I remembered when when uh, we met was 2006. <laughs> and when we graduated, oh, yeah, right. it was 2010. So, Friday Night Nights was probably a big part of your university, your your career shaping. And, and do you know what I mean? Like, as you're learning in a formal setting... But I actually never watched Friday Night Lights until seven years ago. Really? So this was way after university. I, I didn't know about the show when I was in university. Oh, my God. Yeah. I came across it like years later when it became when it was a show that they showed on Netflix. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Joe was watching it. And I was like, why are you watching some stupid football drama? And it was like, I don't know. So I started watching it like as he played it and uh, we just both got so hooked. Oh, so it was his first yeah. time watching it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch it together. We, like watch it together. We both loved it. And I think it's also because like Joe and I both work in education. Mm. We both love being around students and being in that environment of camaraderie, mm, supporting students happiness supporting students success their fulfillment in life all of those things him as a teacher and an educator and me as someone who has you know always worked in program administration and student advising and now as a coach and as well as a direct director so i mean our dinner t- table conversations often revolve around education um and tammy taylor <laughs> and tammy taylor and coach taylor <laughs> so so how do you feel about connie Britton? she's the actress who plays tammy taylor i i like connie Britton as an actress as well um i watched nashville not the whole thing i think she's also in american horror story I oh haven't seen it. i have yeah i haven't seen americans i gotta get on that there's a lot of tv shows i need to catch up on yeah um, but yeah with with the she was also in what's it called over my dead body she oh, was in Over okay. My Dead Body, and it was a podcast that turned into a scripted TV show. And she played um, the woman who, like fell in love, and you know. But the reason, the only reason why I really paid attention to it was because Connie Britton was in it. <laughs> ah, okay, I didn't know that. Love Connie Britton. Yeah. So I would say that it's not that I like Connie Britton, but I like the character of Coach 
or um, the character of Tammy Taylor in Friday Night Lights. I I love actually. I I didn't watch it religiously, but every time I talk to anyone about Friday Night Lights, fucking Tammy Taylor, everyone yeah. loves her. Everyone loves her. I think more so than the coach himself. And I think it's just because she just has so many great lessons and she knows what to say as a mom, as a an educator, as a counselor, as a friend, like all of those things. She was just so like down to earth, so supportive also of also her husband. But she was also like, she really put her foot down too when she was trying to decide something for her career. And her husband was kind of questioning her about it. He was like, yeah, but like, we came here for my career. And she's like, but honey, I also need to do my career. Like, who is, who are you to say, like, I shouldn't continue with my career? And that kind of like boldness, I was like, yeah, girl, that's exactly what you need and what you need to say. And that's also like how I also approach my marriage with Joe, that you know, when he moved to Vietnam and I decided, I made the decision of staying in Canada, I said, you're moving for your career. I am staying for my career. And, you know, that's a decision that we're making separately, but together for the betterment of our careers. Oh, I can't believe Tammy Taylor had such a, like, it's just so amazing to hear, like, this is what Tammy Taylor did. I watched this seven years ago and now I'm here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's definitely at the top of her list. Also, just because like her career is so similar to mine or my career is similar to hers. I don't know. Okay, so moving on with my uh, fictional list. Olivia Pope in Scandal. <gasps> oh, I'm mad she's not on my list. I'm now mad. I'm now mad. You can bring her onto your I'm list. Share- we're sharing. Okay, go. Yeah, we're sharing. We're sharing. Olivia Pope in Scandal. Um, please go watch Scandal if you haven't seen it yet. She is a fixer. Basically, she used to own her own PR firm, but then she became a fixer for the White House. And she talks really, really fast. Sometimes doesn't delegate all that well because she's a bit of a control freak, which I can also see in myself. But she loves to just like get shit done. She, if you ask her to do anything, whether it's like, you know, can you write this and write this report or can you go bury this body? She will get it done. You can just totally rely on her. And I love that she was this like fierce black woman who, you know, was the only woman of color in the White House senior leadership team. She was ridiculously smart. She also, you know, studied law, had a killer fashion sense. Mm hmm. And was just, like, really smart. She always knew what to say. She would, like, spin things very well, which obviously is something you have to do as a PR person. But I just thought it was really smart all the time that she did. And I think what when we're from hearing your breakdown, too, it's, like, to have that level of tenacity in such a grind, in such a career that could easily break you and burn you out, uh, and to still have that. Like, you, she was a character that thrived on this. Mm-hmm. Where I don't know a lot of people who could who could do what she did exactly. So just very inspiring. Totally fits the question of what would Olivia Pope do. I was watching when I was watching um like all the stuff that was happening with the Trump with Trump administration. I was like they yes. do not have an Olivia Pope on that team. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally. And I remember when I was watching Scandal as it was airing, it was airing around the same time that the Trump elections were happening. And I remember Rhonda Shime saying that she would only continue the show if he didn't win. If Trump won, she would, um, you know, what's the word? Like, not write off the show, like, 
end the show, I guess. Wow. I guess she didn't want like White House propaganda. Well, because her storyline was so p- in parallel to what was <gasps> happening. That's right. With the White House at that current moment. And she didn't want to write a storyline revolving around Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh. in that sense, yeah. I also really respect Shonda Rhimes. I was just going to say. <laughs> right? I don't really know enough about Shonda Rhimes, but she's produced, like, you know, so many stellar shows. Grey's, How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal. I think she's done way more than oh, that. She's but... done a lot. Yeah. All the great spinoffs. So I... Yeah. So I feel like if I did get to know who Shonda Rhimes is, and I think she also recently wrote a book called... Year of Yes. Yeah, that's right. I feel like she might be in my boardroom. So, okay, I should go check that book out. So for everyone listening, I, I now and listening to you, Shonda Rhimes would probably be on my boardroom because her graduation speech, I still listen to this day. What's the, the, the guest speak? Like the, the, the commencement speaker. Thank you. Her speech was phenomenal. And sometimes I listen to that as like a motivator. Ooh, I should do that too. Yeah, it's fantastic. Wow, this list is getting really long now. Like I realized between yeah. you and I, I was like, oh, we're just growing this list, which is fantastic. I know, I know. But I think it's really cool that we're talking, I mean, also because all of these people on our list are like women. Yes. I love that. We're talking about powerful women. Okay, so third and final person on my fictional <laughs> boardroom of allies, Kate and Working Moms. I am running just a little bit late. Should I just go home? Yeah. No, 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 no. Easy does it. What's the trick to making all this work? I'm trying to stay positive. It seems a little impossible. And I really like her character because she is also a powerful working woman. Also, like, she knows what she's doing. I guess I just really like people who are strong in their careers. I think that's the like common theme here. Yeah, I've noticed a trend. And, yeah. Um, so for those of you listening, Working Moms, I hope that it's available on Netflix in your area. But it's also a Toronto slash Canadian produced show. It takes place in Toronto. So for me, it also has like this nostalgic feeling of um, nostalgic feeling when I watch it. But Kate and Working Moms, she is also working in PR. Interesting. My past career was in PR. So... She's having a moment. Yeah, I'm noticing this like correlation of like Olivia Pope having worked in PR, Kate also in PR, Tammy Taylor in careers, me in careers. Maybe I just like strong women in careers that I've had slash I have currently. That's all good. That's good. Anyway, Kate in Working Moms, as you can tell from the title, she is a working mom and is just like not the most amazing mom at times and obviously makes like poor decisions in life but that's just i don't know who you are as human everyone makes mistakes and everyone makes you know poor judgments but i just like her for the way she carries herself can you go watch it so we can talk about it a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) like right now (laughs) (laughs) no no just just watch it in general after our show um yeah, she just kind of like knows what she wants and she's really good at her job. I feel like she also has a really good um, boardroom of her own allies. I love people that. People who support her, people who cheer her on. Yeah. And she can be like really strong headed, but also have her vulnerable moments. And I really like that about strong women. 
that they can show their vulnerable self because they're not scared to. Yeah, I think that's important. I think we often think we have to have someone who's always this strong uh, figurehead when really like vulnerability is something that you need to exhibit. You need help. You need you need to showcase those things because one, it's really hard to keep that all in. And we t- we tend to glorify these like facades of like strength. Definitely. I have to watch the show. Everyone has told me about such great things about working moms. And it's someone great. had ex- explained that's like Kim, if this if you were a mom, you'd be like this. I was like, yes, <laughs> totally. So I got to watch it. Totally. Yeah. And a funny story about working moms. I was working in India about two and a half years ago. And this was for like a business trip for my previous job. And I was at a U of T, so University of Toronto recruitment event. And I was talking to this one Indian student who had never left India before, but he was coming to U of T that September as an international student. And he was asking me things like, oh, so what do you like about Canada and Toronto? And I told him a couple of things and he was like, oh, I'm so excited. You know, everything that I know about Toronto is from working moms. I'm like, what? I'm like, sorry, you're an 18-year-old boy from India and you have been referencing working moms like to think about your life in Toronto. And he's like, yeah, I love this show. It's so great. And like, if I know that I'm going to be living my life like that in Toronto, like I'm just so excited. And I'm like, that's so cool that this like small CBC show had shaped the outlook of this one Indian boy's future. I love that. This just goes to show that representation matters. <laughs> and like, in some ways, like having strong women uh, on TV, like it also shows to like men. Hi, yeah. like it's okay to, to admire these women and it's okay yes. to like shape your life. It doesn't have to be like brute force and action sh- heroes or like yeah. these traditional fictional characters of men in power yeah exactly i love that he told me that and i just was so excited for his life in toronto that fall did did he have a good a good like experience in toronto well then i then i think i had left i think i left my job before he started Uh, so i moved to germany so yeah i never got to know him as a student um but yeah we had a really great chat i would love to know how his I, like did it did it live up to working moms? Is it better? Yeah, Is it worse? I don't I hope know. So yeah. Okay, so your boardroom go. Yeah. In summary, my my fictional pop culture list of allies have a common theme. One, they're all strong women in careers that I either have had myself or am currently in. <laughs> they're all like bold and loud and unapologetic in a way they are women that i aspire to be but they are also people that i am inspired by and look up to because i just think well if olivia pope maybe will do this in this situation i will also do that we should have a bunch of bracelets like instead of wwjd bracelets we should just have like Four for mine and like three right here for yours or four for yours right here. Like, and you, you can't see, but I'm holding my wrists up and just envisioning like rubber bracelets in different colors on each hand. Yeah. <laughs> this, 
<laughs> I think we need to take a screenshot. We're recording. We're recording. Well, you, oh, yeah. we'll upload this on you on uh, on Instagram. But like this, uh, we can Photoshop like bracelets. <laughs> like, <right> here. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. Right? It's just like what? Yeah. What, what would Olivia Pope do? <laughs> Today's bracelets, Britney Spears. <laughs> To wrap this all up, I think what we're trying to say is it's perfectly healthy to have a boardroom of allies that are made up of people you don't know or people who don't even exist in real life. And it's also perfectly healthy to have people in your boardroom who are close and dear to you. Basically, the principle or the premise of your allies is that they are supportive of you. And when you think of them they kind of like push you forward. If you needed that extra push, just like a mental push, think of that boardroom. Think of one person from that boardroom. It doesn't even have to be a full boardroom. It could just be a small desk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It can be a little desk in the corner, but it's, you know, of all of your allies there. So... We would love to know who your boardroom of allies are. This is the pop culture edition. So if you don't want to name names and you want to, you know, give us the a list of, of fictional characters or people in, um, you know, who are celebrities or whatever, like we'd love to know. Share who's on your your list or your boardroom of allies. Um, yeah, it can no be, shame. No shame. Again, like uh, I had a cartoon character. I had an anime character originally. Uh, if you listen to past episodes, again, Sailor Moon is, is still, I would say, my numero uno. I actually am looking at a Sailor Moon uh, figurine I have in front of me right now. That I, Oddly, why do I keep that there? I guess it's because I love her so much. So share who that person is or who they are. I, I genuinely want to know. Uh, don't be shy. Find us on Instagram at Obsessed with ABGs. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So with that said, that was our pop culture edition of our Boardroom of Allies. If you love this episode, please rate and subscribe. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kimberly. And I'm Reyna. And you've been listening to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. <laughs>